Got a big question for you. When you woke up this morning, did you jump out of bed with lots of energy or just crawl out and we've all been there and hit the snooze button an extra few times? It's often when we're lacking purpose that we really struggle to just get out of bed in the day. And as our guest this week, Jesper Logren, who's a digital transformation thought leader, tells us, Technology is great, but if we haven't established what our purpose and what our passion is in our business, we simply can't create the extraordinary. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 81. Big show today. We've got a fantastic guest, as you've heard in our intro, Jesper Logren. We really get to the core of what gets us out of bed, what makes us jump out of bed in the morning, and that's when we've got purpose. Sometimes we lose it, it wanes a little bit, but when we get it, it makes it so much easier to connect everything that we want to do on a personal and a business nature, and we just simply jump out of bed. So we're going to talk all about today about how you can discover or rediscover that purpose and how it plays such a critical role in how you develop not only how you perform personally, but how your business is going to be directed moving forward. And we've got a fantastic motivational quote coming up at the end of this episode that's going to really bring that into a nice, succinct little quote for you by a very highly recognized person who you're going to hear a little bit about in a moment as well. We've got time for a quick check-in with you. I've got a big announcement regarding issue three of Transformation Magazine, which is coming your way on the 30th of September. We've got the Pharmacy Freedom Index Insight for this week, and I'm going to share with you some of the key learnings that came out of filming the video case study that I did up in Brisbane last week at Think Pharmacy Kippering. And if you're heading along to PBN over this weekend, you'll be able to share and you'll be able to see that entire case study and uh, get all of the learnings that came out of it. I'm going to share with you my top three from that coming up very, very shortly. We're going to have a fantastic interview with Jesper Logren. And of course, we'll finish up towards the end with our motivational quote of the week, which ties in with our bigger now. Announcement this week, which is the people who are on the front cover of Transformation Magazine. Now, in no particular order, we have Kathy Reid and Stuart Giles, the co-directors of Epic Pharmacy. And of course, as you might recognize Kathy as the major contributor and strategic partner in our innovation section of the magazine. Her content has been absolutely second to none in that regard. And she shares with us her leadership lessons from her visit to Necker Island. And you guessed it, if you've already been thinking about it, We've got Richard Branson on the front cover as well and a fantastic quote coming up towards the end of this episode from him that really ties in the essence of this entire episode. So stay tuned for that. Now, as I mentioned, I spent last Friday uh, with a team of Dose Innovations and Think Pharmacy Kippering putting together an automation video case study. It's really difficult sometimes for us to get out of our pharmacies and visit the highest performing pharmacies in Australia. And by no means, 
means is Think Pharmacy Kippering the model pharmacy for everything, but certainly from an automation perspective and being able to leverage the fantastic opportunities in making your workflow more efficient because it only stands to reason that we're getting paid less profit per prescription that we examine our workflows to find any cost savings that we can on a repeatable basis. And this is one pharmacy that you're able to see this live and breathing every single day. So we wanted to capture that on video so that everyone can get hold of that and take hold of the key learnings that came away from it. But the big things that came out of it and a couple of questions that probably also came up in the last few weeks and thank you to those listeners who replied to the email I sent out probably a few weeks ago asking for your biggest challenges and a couple of them related to when is the best time to be planning our IT changes, particularly when we're thinking of refurbishing or planning a shop fit or a renovation. When is the best time? Should we be doing this after we put together our structure or should we doing be doing it before? And the answer is quite simple. So I wanted to share those learnings in our Pharmacy Freedom Index Insight this week. Um, and that is around the IT opportunity analysis. So when is the best time to do that? Well, it is the best time to do it before you plan your shop fit changes, before you look at re-merchandising. Because of the development and the opportunities that technology bring you, you have such a great opportunity to be able to actually leverage that. And what I talk about a lot is one thing called an omni-channel experience. Now that's something that you might think, oh, I haven't heard that before. But that's where you live in both physical and digital worlds at exactly the same time. So that might be whilst you're walking around and you're on Facebook, or you might be on a particular particular application. You might be catching an Uber and you're watching the uh, Uber car come towards you on your phone on a map and you can see the driver's details there. You are merging physical and digital in that experience. So what I talk about there is how we can do that in the pharmacy to give our patients a better experience. We've got some great examples and one that I probably talk about a little bit too much about is Domino's and how they do it extremely well. They're probably one of the world's best in how they do that. Apple do it obviously very well and there's another show favourite um, because when you arrive at the store, your app that you have on the phone for the Apple store will recognise you and what happens, and I had the fortune of actually being in an Apple store uh, not too long ago and I did want to discover this a little bit more personally with one of the Apple geniuses and they pass digital notes around to make sure that you don't have to repeat the story that you told the person at the front what, what what your problems are so that when you get to the back, someone already knows your story and can help you straight away. So it's utilizing the technology to create that experience and looking at your shop fit as a method of creating an experience, not just simply a way of displaying stock and ranges and satisfying all the supplies. It's really about designing that experience for your customers so that they are getting an experience, as Ivan Frangie shared with his episode 42, an experience that they can't get anywhere else and therefore they won't go anywhere else. So it's that time to be designing that experience from both a physical and digital nature. Now you might be considering all of these changes because your pharmacy has grown, you might be expanding your services, or you might just be simply rebooting your old workflows and design as they did at Think Pharmacy Kipper Ring. And this is where they redesigned the whole pharmacy around 
the key logistics provider, which is the rower automation unit. Now, I've seen a lot of pharmacies put robotics in there as a afterthought, and it quite often sits perhaps in the middle of the store or perhaps not in a, a most logical place, and they've sort of had to rejig the dispensary to do it. But this is the best time to redesign these workflows because if you examine even one process, your dispensing process, of what happens from the time the prescription arrives in the pharmacy to the point where you are explaining and counselling the patient, there are so many steps there that can be automated now particularly the unpacking of stock, uh, because as we discussed a few episodes ago about the true cost of your inventory, it starts when the stock arrives in the pharmacy. So you can reduce the cost of managing that inventory by placing it into an automatic hopper that's connected to your robot that puts the stock away for you. So therefore, the manual aspect or the cost to your business is a lot less in that workflow. In dispensing, the same way applies. You don't have to spend all of those extra seconds, as Peter Ferros in episode 31 shares with us, going up and down a two and a half foot step to a shelf. You design your workflow so that you minimize the time between receiving the script and actually putting all the paperwork together and seeing the patient. Now, in an omni-channel environment, that might involve utilizing tools like MedAdvisor, Health Notes, um, also, memo care as well, another other example, send a script. Um, you'll be able to allow the customer to order the prescription ahead of time. So you need to embrace that workflow into your dispensing process. There's no point having these extra tools to allow your customers to order prescriptions ahead of time if you don't treat them as part of the workflow. See, as we spoke about, I believe it was probably in episode 43, I think it was with Ian Bennett, you need to acknowledge the customer in the digital sense as well as in the physical sense. So you need to have a dashboard that tells you all of those customers that have ordered prescriptions ahead of time. Or if you're using click and collect, um, I know our guest next week, uh, Catherine Bronger, is using click and collect in their businesses as well. So you need to have a process of how you actually utilize all of that in your business workflow so that you maximize the efficiency. The second point I wanted to make is mobility. So where we've had to had workstations that were designed about a particular task like unpacking stock and so forth and required a specific workstation for that, or for your professional services area, you can utilize mobile tablets that are fully functioning workstations like the HP MX10, which we mentioned in episode 27 with George Alam as well. So you can do that and therefore minimize the amount of IT infrastructure that you have to have there as well. And for the absolute high level advanced and some of the pharmacy groups that I know of that are utilizing this, like Capital Chemist or Blooms as well, there's virtualized infrastructure. This, this is where your point of sale may be actually in the cloud. Um, POSWORKS, I think, is the example I was going to cite there, um, where all of that is stored centrally. So therefore, the infrastructure in the pharmacy is uh, like a private cloud. So you don't have to manage the server and all the infrastructure for that is being managed centrally. It'd be fantastic when all our dispense systems are managed that way so that the infrastructure in the pharmacy can be managed by IT professionals on a full-time basis rather than by remote or tele <laughs> teleservicing, which drives everyone nuts when things go wrong. So there's some examples about what you should be thinking about 
if you're going to be planning a shop fit and what you can do with your IT. I go into a whole lot more detail in the transformation book around all of the things you need to be looking at in discovering your processes and making sure you can optimize them utilizing technology and selecting the right partners. So if you're wanting to get stuck into it further, I'd point you to the transformation book. And of course, that was our first birthday on uh, Tuesday this week. Uh, so you can probably hear the virtual streamers going off. Um, so that'd be a great reference for you. And of course, if you'd like to know in which areas of your business you could maximize your productivity, efficiency, building a customer experience and making that scalable, the Pharmacy Freedom Index is a great tool for that as well. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible. And for you, the listeners of The Transformation Show, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I'm about to start listening to the very highly recommended from Debbie Rigby in episode 79, The Blue Ocean Strategy by W. Chan Kim and Renee Morgburn at the moment, and you can download that one or a different audiobook by trying for free at audible.com. So to download your free audiobook today, go to cross to audibletrial.com forward slash transformation, of course, after listening to this show. And again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. Enjoy our chat with Jesper. You'll learn how we can jump out of the bed in the morning with greater purpose every day and how when we can connect our passion with our purpose, we can create the extraordinary. Our interview today is with Jesper Logren. He's a published author and a thought leader in digital and business transformation. And he transforms businesses and business leaders from ordinary to the extraordinary by adopting new ways of thinking and doing. Simply, he goes with the motto of, I don't do the ordinary, I only do the extraordinary. Jesper Logren, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thank you very much. I'm very, very excited to be here. Oh, fantastic, Jesper. And uh, look, it's been fantastic to, for you to accept our invitation to come on the show. In recent weeks, we've been talking a lot about uh, culture and building high-performance teams in our business. But at the end of the day, it really does come all the way back to one of the most simple actions we do every day in getting out of bed and really discovering what that is purpose of what we're going to do every day. And I think that's really, really right. Um, and I think that there are a lot of things happening in the world today. And the biggest thing that's happening is this thing that's called change. And throughout history, change has been very, very slow. And essentially for the last 2,000 years, we have seen a linear increase in change. And then some things have happened. The Industrial Revolution in the UK that started around 1750, that really spawned an enormous amount of change because it really created urbanization as we know it today. And then it was the 1960s, 1970s, where computers started to become popular, and we were able to digitize a lot of the things that we were doing at the time, and that spawned a new uh, level and uh, acceleration of change. And the third one is what we call the digital disruption. And we are now entering times where change is almost exponential and it happens so quickly. And in an environment where change is so intense and so fast and is accelerating, 
we need something to hold on to. If everything is changing, if we just have a lot of spinning wheels in our business and our life, there needs to be something that is not spinning, something that is constant and doesn't change, and that is purpose. And I believe that our purpose is actually the only fixed point that we have in our relative world. And that's why now with all this change and disruption, I believe purpose is more important um, than ever because it allows us something to hold on to, something to stay true to, something that we know that doesn't change, that we can plan everything else around. Hmm. And, and you imagine every day you have different goals, you have different tasks that you want to achieve, but your level of motivation is so much hot, more heightened uh, when you know exactly where that is all going. And, uh, you know, I guess as the great uh, and the late uh, Stephen Covey said, begin with the end in mind and where you want to be going. And, you know, a lot of our show, we talk about the technology and we talk about what the purpose of the technology is and really understanding what it is uh, before you can really learn how it can really aid or automate some things in your business and uh, you know really coming back to that on a personal level I think just has such such a great relevance I guess for where we sit right now um, in pharmacy and I guess it, you know as your title of uh, digital and business transformation leader how did you begin your journey on the path to that and uh, why are you so passionate about uh, transforming businesses today? That's a great um, question Robert and I think the answer actually goes quite far back and I've been involved in business transformation for almost 20 years, worked for almost all of the large consulting companies in the past. And I came to a bit of a crisis point in my life in 2009, and I was really, really bored. And I felt that transformation up to that point for me was, it was all about the bottom line. It was all about incremental business improvements and and sure, improving the bottom line is you know, exciting, but there's much more to life. So I, I decided to leave corporate altogether, and I started running a small family business instead. And as part of running that family business, I did a complete business transformation of that business. And uh, I took my old experience, I took my new experience, and, um, and I wrote my first book, about business transformation because one one thing I really realized in these three or four years between 2009 and 2013 and also seeing the change and everything accelerating was really the importance of purpose. It's purpose to me if we are really going to strip it back to its more essential properties. It's really about coming alive. It's really the thing that makes us want to jump out of bed in the morning. And I rediscovered that between 2009 and 2013. And I realized that if you want to transform a business, it's not, about, it's not about the incremental. It's not about the small stuff. It's really about the big stuff. And the way that I think and talk about it is really the difference between ordinary and extraordinary. And the business transformation needs to be extraordinary. It needs to be extraordinary for a business. It needs to be extraordinary for the owner. It needs to be extraordinary for employees. It needs to be extraordinary for customers and all other stakeholders. So when we are looking at business transformation as a way of doing something extraordinary for ourselves and others, it becomes much, much, much more exciting and much, much, much more meaningful and much more engaging for everyone around 
Mm. Oh, look, you know, it's really, it's really struck a chord. And I guess, you know, that, that title of Transformation Leader, you couldn't be a better guest for our show and, uh, you know, really excited on, on that level. But, you know, we talk a lot with our colleagues and uh, one of the things that I encourage our colleagues to do, which I published in um, our book, um, Transformation, was to rediscover the purpose that you left university with. And uh, often we're at our best clinically when we leave university and we've got all these great ideas of how we're going to work with all of the medical and allied health community and we're all going to you know create great things for patients and uh, really change the way um, our patients are and uh, be able to you know allow them to stay in good health for as long as possible but then we jump into small business and we may have a mentor or a business owner that partner that doesn't have the right um, you know processes in place or have had the same old level thinking and get disenchanted lose that passion and uh, as we're seeing in the industry right now now with the exponential change that we're seeing, I guess from an opportunity, but also a threat level with the massive reforms. Many colleagues are simply just trying to go one day to the next rather than looking at the um, the big purpose and um, you know what that might mean for their business and try to reinvent where they're going. So, I guess I guess for for where we are right now, um, you know, I guess where where do you see I guess purpose sitting for not only an industry like pharmacy, but I guess you know defining what would be you know the best way of starting to look at purpose. That's a great question too. I, I don't think personally that purpose can be retrofitted. Uh, quite often as a consultant, I can get an organization coming to me and ask, okay, we want to create a purpose for ourselves. And I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. Purpose is not something that we create for the purpose of putting something in the boardroom or putting something in front of our customers or putting something on a website that sounds good. Purpose is an extension of ourselves. So if we want to create a purposeful business, it, it will start with us as individuals, as the owner of a pharmacy. And it's really exactly as you said, it's really about going back to our real passion. Why did we do something in the first place? What, why, what excites us at the end of the day, all things being equal? What really gets us bouncing out of bed in the morning? It's really a question of finding Finding that passion, because passion is the first step of purpose. Purpose makes no sense at all if we are not passionate, because passion is the energy that allows us to drive change and to do different things and, and to create the extraordinary. And, and I guess, you know, you, you've seen it at, at very high level some of the biggest transformations that have occurred in, you know, businesses. I know you're working directly with Telstra as well. But, you know, what would be some of the best examples that you, you've been able to observe of businesses that have really taken the time to discover that and um, have started to make incremental change as a result? Yeah, and I, I have a lot of examples. And I think that... <clears throat> trying to find the lowest common denominator in all of these examples would be along the lines of, um, I'm going to give an example. So this is, this is um, a customer that is very much involved um, in the pharmaceutical industry. It's not a chemist, but they are their supplier of uh, um, equipment into laboratories and chemists and other places. <clears throat> and what we did with them and they were pretty much at this point is they're, they're struggling with change. Uh, they're struggling with staff motivation. 
relatively high absenteeism, and most of employees essentially coming to work nine to five basis. So what we did with them, we engaged with owner and essentially the executive team, and we ran a number of workshops, and there was not about what can we do differently in our business, or you know, how can we target someone else, or how can we sharpen the value proposition. It was a quest of really, really going back and understanding what makes you tick as a human being. And that's what we did. We identified that for each and every executive member of that team, and there were five, so we really understood the passion of everyone. And then we started putting all of these pieces of passion together, and we were able to create a picture that were connection points those connection points in that new picture created a new blueprint for this business and they started to drive change in all aspects of the business. They actually closed some areas of the business, they started some new areas in the business, but it all came from this nucleus of understanding what was the joint and shared passion, what were the shared values, and that spawned a real business transformation. Because that's where it needs to start. It needs to start from the heart. It needs to start from the passion because that's what's driving it. If we are not passionate about change, if we're not passionate about transformation, it simply won't happen. Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, there's never been a, a bigger constant in our lives right now than change. Um, it's, you know, it's as opposed to trying to hang on to what we've been good at in the past and continue to do that and get the similar results or maybe slightly worse results if we keep doing it every year. Um, and it's really about rediscovering, I guess, the, I guess the, the real purpose. We, we often reflect and look back at, um, you know, the origins of pharmacy, particularly in the 18, 1900s, where we did didn't have you know commercial brands we didn't have distributors you know medicines were compounded they were made from scratch and there was a lot more interaction there was a lot more listening uh, to what specific customers and communities required so that those medicines whether they were on the shelf or on prescription uh, would be customized to that community and uh, you know I guess as we've evolved and we've got groups and we've got I guess economies of scale and it's in the globalization of the world and brands yeah. um, we've, we've moved a little away from that and we talk a lot about you know moving from that transaction and supply based business to one where we're really truly a great part of the primary healthcare community where we're really helping patients to coordinate that journey which can often be very complicated but we often only play that microscopic role of supply but uh, don't connect with it so you know, as, as an industry, we're reconnecting with, I guess, the purpose of pharmacy. But, you know, like you said there, on a, on a personal level, you know, you might have the best, I guess, uh, commercial and um, professional aims in the world. But if you're not happy yourself in where you're going, um, you know, it's probably not going to happen. So I, I guess, how, how have you looked to get, um, I guess, the owners or the executive teams that you've worked with um, to bring their personal purpose and try to overlap? Lay that with you know where where that business or industry is going. I'll start with the why question. So when I work with people, um, business leaders, executives, executive teams, I am not particularly interested in any what questions or any how questions. All of that come stuff comes later. The first question is why. It's really about understanding a, uh, a person's ultimate ultimate why. And there's a lot of talking about the why question and 
unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be a lot of instructions of how to actually use it in a productive way so you can actually find your purpose and passion. But it's quite simple. You just keep asking why, 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 until you cannot resolve or decompose that question any further. And to me, that question is being resolved. When you're coming to the point that simply it makes me alive, it is simply what I want truly I want to do in my life. And I can't explain... Uh, I can't explain it in any more detail, I can't put any words to it, but it doesn't matter. I know inside, I know in my heart, this is what I truly love doing. And that is the first point. That, that's the start of extraordinary. Understanding your own personal blueprint and, and what you're meant uh, to do in life. So if we are applying this on pharmacy and in uh, chemist, my view would be that the chemist is not about medicines or supplying or, as you said, transactions. It's about caring for other people. So for me, for a pharmacy or for a pharmacy owner to be what I call extraordinarily successful, that connection must exist in the heart, that deep, deep desire of making a difference and making the life better for other human beings. That's the starting point. Once we can give that a tick, there are a number of different ways that we can go about executing that vision or mission or purpose. But that's really where it starts, that deep, deep desire of making a difference to someone else. Mm. Now, really, really interesting. We had um, a, a guest on the show a few weeks ago, Tristan White from the Physio Co. And, you know, he got to a point um, before they rose to the dizzying heights of where they are, Australia's greatest place to work right now. You know, but they got to the point where they knew they loved looking after oldies at the core of what they were doing. Um, but they needed to find a way to be able to, you know, I guess make that more 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 relevant um, to each individual person to connect with their person purpose and uh, you know they did discover that there, I think there was only maybe one or two people that uh, you know fell away because they didn't connect with that purpose um, as a brand um, but certainly from Tristan's point of view it was really him bringing his personal purpose into the business and uh, you know everything uh, progressed a long way from there and uh, you know I, I imagine you know where, where we are in pharmacy you know quite often when we do get into business ownership um, you know we're either taking over an existing business and often the instinct is to continue going the same pathway as a previous owner may have or joining a group and taking on their philosophies um, and really probably not spending really much time rediscovering, I guess, what that goal and aim was when we left university if we were going to own a pharmacy business and what that was going to do for the community. So it's 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 a really, really strong chord that you hit on. Um, and, um, and, and certainly, I guess, at, at a business level, once an owner has discovered, you know, this is what we want to, want want to do. You know, I I want to reclaim some financial freedom in my business, or I would like to look after more communities um, around Australia. You know, through my methodology and how I, how I look after patients. But once they've discovered, I guess, what their personal goal is, how do you find it best they can really connect that with their business? The way that I do that with organisations is that it's almost like we need to systemize the purpose and passion. So the purpose and passion of the owner needs to filter through all, all aspects of the business. And the best example of that is actually the way that we recruit people. Because currently, 
we have a very, very strong preference to recruit on hard skills. That is your education, of course, at the pharmacy. Uh, as a pharmacist, you have to have the right education. But it's very, very quantitative. It's very much about the experience, about the qualifications, what you have done previously, your track record, your achievements, everything that you can essentially quantify in one shape or form or another. Extraordinary doesn't sit in the quantification. It sits on the other side. It sits on the passion. And the way that you drive passion through through business, for example, through the recruitment systems, is to ask people what they are passionate about, not what they have done in the past or the track record. It's simply asking the question, what turns you on in life? What gets you out of bed in the morning? And the way that I'm asking that question specifically is I ask people what they do outside of work. That, tells, that gives a very, very clear picture of what a person really is passionate about. So when I help organizations institutionalize passion through their reward systems, etc., that's the kind of advice I give them. Ask your prospective employees what they love doing outside of work. And if that is connecting with your passion, that's a very, very good starting point to, to continue that conversation. If the connection is not there, that employee is probably not right for you and your business. Mm. Well, I guess there's that age-old cliche that you uh, hire for attitude and, uh, and and train for skill, and you know, particularly if you, if you're an at, if your business ethos is around being innovative, you know, being very passionate about healthcare and caring and helping people, um, and you know, you, people can't demonstrate that within their personal life. Um, it's probably not going to happen at a business le- at business <laughs> exactly. level as well. Exactly. Um, so you know, it's, it's always it's always a, a, one of one of my favourite questions of um, you know asking people if they had grandparents whether they were involved with uh, looking after them whether it was uh, whether it was from a medicines point of view whether they'd been to the pharmacy and picked them up picked up medicines and what their interactions were I know that was you know one of the first ways I got involved in pharmacy I, I'm a second generation pharmacist so it was yeah. built into my home but uh, certainly I had very sick and ill grandparents growing up. So I was around a lot of hospitals and medicines and things. And, you know, you can connect with, I guess, whether you're with that or not, um, you know, very early in your life as well. Um, and, and I guess when we're starting to, you know, dis- discover, I guess, you know, this is what we're most passionate about at a personal level, bringing it into the business Um you know, obviously that, you know, is going to then lead to, and, you know, often we talk a lot about on the show in terms of, you know, how newer techniques and opportunities exist within the world of technology right now and how you can bring that in. But, you know, if you haven't really gone through that process of <clears throat> determining your direction and your purpose, it's probably not going to make a whole lot of sense. Or as we're probably seeing where technology just gets put into a business that doesn't really connect with it. So what has been, I guess, your best way of you know instituting that change obviously where there's a pre-existing business um, perhaps a stall it's not growing the way it would like to be but obviously you know the owner then is able to rediscover their purpose Uh, what can they be doing to then you know make that flow through the business do they need to literally pick up the baby and throw out the bathwater, or is there I guess a, a better way that you've been able to see Sometimes throwing the baby with the bath water out is actually the best idea, and sometimes it's not. I see technology, and I find technology, digital technology, incredibly exciting. But at the end of the day, technology is an amplifier. Technology is never a solution. Technology doesn't do anything on its own, right? It simply enables 
something in the business. And I see it as an amplifier. And this is why purpose is so important. Because if you don't have, let's call it the right purpose, if all you want to do is to make money, that's a very, very weak purpose in my view. But if you have a stronger purpose, you want to make a difference, you, you want to connect with your patients, you want to do something meaningful um, in the community, that's a really good starting point when you start looking at employing technologies to essentially allow you to make that difference. That there's also the other aspect, and this I call this the difference between thinking and doing. And I, I, I find this explains almost all the problems that I come across in business. If we think the same way, but we try to do something different, it always fails. Without exception, we can we can look at any situation in our own life or in our business and other people's business. When things go pear-shaped, it's because of the thinking is sustained and we try and we try to do something different. So when we are starting from our passion and purpose, we get a very, very good starting point because what our passion and purpose allows us to do more than anything else is to be crystal clear of what's most important to us. And this is the key to be successful in the, di in the digital disruption and in the digital world and economy. Because things are happening so fast, we cannot afford to do things that are not important to us. Because right now, as a consultant, where I see a lot of businesses, particularly the most small and medium businesses, struggle is because of that confusing what's urgent with what's important. So we are responding to the person that is shouting the loudest or making the most noise or but that's the wrong way of looking at the business it's not about the urgency it's about importance and that importance needs to connect to passion and then we have a very very good platform to start think thinking about technology because if we are crystal clear on what's most important in our business then we start building our digital strategy or digital technology roadmap or whatever we want to call it, that is what we build it on. We only want to build something extraordinary around something that's important to us. It makes, it makes no sense to invest in something that's not important. That's how I see the connection go, going from purpose into what's most important and that is leading um, technology conversation, digital technology conversations going forward. Mm. Yeah, look, I reckon we could all be guilty of probably becoming firefighters at one store, one point in our lives. And, uh, you know, I guess where I go with that is that, you know, it's well known that burning platform syndrome and you, and you, you quite, uh, people just end up putting out fires and, you know, not really worrying about what's going on in their business. They're just thinking, oh, I've got to get rid of this because otherwise this person's going to ring me or they're going to be angry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all very, uh, I guess, very functional, but not very uh, vital to, the, to the purpose in, in, in the business and, and, what, and what's going on. I think it was Einstein that had said that uh, we can't solve the world's problems with the same thinking that created them. And I'm sure he probably said it a little more eloquently than that. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, we, we need to, I guess, reinvent, I guess, the the experience a little bit in terms of where, where it sits. I think for so long it's been about, you know, patients coming to us about, you know, physical location at a particular 
particular time, a particular pharmacist, and you know it didn't really have much room for you know patients to decide how they're going about it. And we talk so much now about you know the world becoming more customer centric, and in our world probably patient centric, depending on how how you look at it. Um, and and it's really about thinking about it from that perspective, and uh, as opposed to trying to I guess take our old thinking uh, into this new era of digital disruption and and trying to I guess take that and put it into and or partner with technology and possibly even amplify or enable the uh, the, the processes that got us into this stagnated uh, area that we're in right now. Mm. And there's actually another Einstein quote, the, and I love the one that you just said. It's one of my favorite. My second one is. Uh, Einstein said that the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. <laughs> and I think both of these quotes, it's almost like they are made for the digital disruption. Because if we look at businesses before the digital disruption, it's based on essentially how we did business back in the 50s and 60s. It's based on analog processes, it's based on old paper forms. And what we started doing when we started digitizing, when we got the IT revolution happening in 1960s, 70s, and 80s, is that we were busy digitizing what we currently did because we thought, well, you know, this is how we do things, and if we digitize it, we can do it faster. Hmm. That only works if it's the right thing to do in the first place. And this is the, really the double-edged sword when it comes to digital technology and the digital disruption. It will speed things up, it will amplify things, but it will amplify everything and anything. So if we have a process or something that is not right in the first place and we start to amplify it, we actually get better at doing the wrong thing. Mm. And this can drive, I've seen this drive organizations out of business. So that's why it's so important to really connect with the passion and forget about everything of the past. It is truly the past. It is, it's an analog world. It has its own rules, its own laws. The digital world is completely different and it requires a very, very different thinking. And that thinking is absolutely essential. Before we try to do anything different, before we try to put in any new technologies, we really need to be clear what's as, uh, as previously mentioned, what is most important and that is what's driving change. And that's, that's a game changer. It's a very, very different way of looking at uh, the work uh, compared to the past where we were pretty much happy just continuing doing what we did, improving and optimizing absolutely along the way. But the digital disruption is not about optimizing. It's about transforming our thinking and then our doing and then create something extraordinary. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and, and when you, I guess, are working with, um, you know, bigger companies or, you know, perhaps even with the individual owner of that company, is there a particular exercise that you're fond of or you get them to work through to, I guess, start to, I guess, track those first few steps? Yeah, and again, it comes back to the why question, and I'm very, very big on the why. So I, I typically take an owner or chief executive and put him and her in the chair, and I start asking the why question. And I just keep on asking, okay, so why do you do that? Why do you think that? Why do you feel that? Why do you want that? All of these questions, and just go deeper and deeper and deeper, because ultimately purpose has nothing to do about business at all. Purpose is personal. And every person has a different purpose. 
so that's why we need to go down to that individual level and really understand what it is. And I just use the why questions. So I know how to ask them, which obviously helps. And I don't stop until the person in front of me simply cannot, cannot answer the question anymore and simply spontaneously said, well, it's simply what I love doing. And I don't know why, but I just love doing it. And then, then I know that I've hit it because that's the deepest we can go. Because the mind can't really understand the purpose. So when the mind comes to the realization, this is simply what I want to do. That is, that is the answer to the why question. I could imagine it would be a very passionate exchange, I'd imagine, that you'd have there. And uh, <laughs> has, has, any, has anyone uh, risked uh, wanting to throw a punch at you to say, if you ask me why one more time? <laughs> I'm, finding, I'm finding, Robert, that it really depends on what place you come from when you're asking these questions. If you come from a mind space where it becomes more analytical or even worse, if it ever becomes judgmental, in any shape or form, then you have completely lost it. And honestly, I would probably be thrown out of the room. <laughs> when, when you come from the heart, and I'm, I believe the heart is really important, I, I'm so convinced about purpose and passion myself, and that is how I choose to live my life. So when I'm in front of an owner or chief executive and I have these conversations, then they're very different to what the conversations I've had in the past. But again, because I come from my own passion, I come from my own purpose, and they can feel my heart. And the heart creates trust. That's one of the greatest things about passion and purpose. It's real. It's authentic. You cannot fake passion. It is impossible. So when you meet a passionate purpose, um, a passionate person, you can trust them because they come from the heart. It's real to them. And I'm finding this realness opens up these conversations and allows them, allows them to be had without people getting insulted or afraid or threatened. It's, um, they're very, very engaging and meaningful conversations. So touch wood, I've never had that problem so far. <laughs> oh, look, I imagine it's, it's, it's a moment to be celebrated in that business's journey because, you know, to, to reconnect or connect maybe for the first time with the ultra purpose of why you're even getting out of bed and <clears throat> intersect that with your business um, is going to be a particularly special moment. Um, and, uh, you know, perhaps it might create a, a huge uh, ball of momentum to, to mm. move, move through that. But, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very curious Curious, I guess, with the different transformations that you've seen in in businesses, you know, and particularly now that we're talking about the the digital disruption, you know, what's been some of the, I guess, the most re revolutionary technology that you've come across, um, and you know how that has, you know, fundamentally changed, um, you know, potentially an old an older style business model or an older style way of thinking, and uh, really bringing it forward into the twenty first century. I have a great answer here that is probably going to be quite comforting. So before we start talking about specific technologies, let's go back to change because that will set the background to what I'm about to say. Because change is so fast and so complex and it is accelerating, we cannot afford to build complexity because when everything is changing, we need, we need to be scalable and we need to be agile. We need to be able to change. So when something is happening outside of our business, whether it is a regulatory change, whether it's a change in technology, whether it's a change in consumer preferences, or whatever it is, we have a business that can instantly respond to those changes 
in a cost-effective way. The only way that we can do that is by looking at technology, digital technology, in a really, really simple way. So I don't believe in complex systems with a lot of customization. It's actually the other way. Stripping back the technology to the bare minimum and have a digital backbone and a digital platform that can change easily without being too complex. So let's use an example. Uh, CRM, Customer Relationship Management. Uh, has been a big thing in business the last five or ten years. And now we have a number of customer relationship management systems that sit, obviously, in the cloud, which is essentially you can access an application without you actually owning the infrastructure the application sits on. So there's one of those applications that's called Salesforce, which is a um, cloud-based customer relationship management with a number of different other add-ons as well. So I've worked with organizations that have had very, very complex uh, customer relationship processes that are constantly breaking, they're not flexible, <laughs> and the customers hate using them. So by transforming that business, firstly by understanding what is my purpose, what is it different that I want to make to this person, that's the first step. And then, then when we look at technology, to implement the cloud-based solution, for example, uh, Salesforce, and it could be anything, it's only an example, but it's a very, very simple uh, software solution from the point of view that it is flexible. It sits on a cloud. You don't need to have your own technical people. It doesn't sit on your premises. It's actually completely outside of the business. Using a platform such as Salesforce.com would allow you to respond much, much, much quicker to customers than if you are running a system that you actually developed yourself or something that was developed by someone else five or ten years ago. So to really answer your question, the most brilliant and extraordinary technology implementation that I have seen, they are simple and they can change quickly. One of my favorite little catch cries when I'm talking to business owners and, and chief executives, is that in the past, we used to compete by trying to do something that other people can't do. So creating a system or a program or something that's a little bit different that takes our competitors time to copy. In the digital world, everything can be copied and it can be copied instantly. So that's a wrong thinking altogether. If everything can be copied instantly, the competitive advantage changes from creating something that is difficult to copy into something that's agile. Mm. And that is really, to me, is really the silver bullet in being successful in the digital world. Once we understand our purpose, etc., any technology implementation must be simple and a mess. It must be agile because it will change and it will change faster and faster and faster. So little customization, using as much of functionality out of a box so that you have that responsiveness to change, to me, is critically important when it comes to digital technology investments in the future. Mm, mm. No, no, Salesforce is certainly uh, you know, one of one of my favourites when we're when we're looking at uh, at CRMs and you know I guess one of the great things with looking at their journey in becoming you know one of the first native cloud applications um, is that everything that they built was for now. Um, it wasn't bringing I guess the old methods of how you build CRM systems and just duplicating in the cloud. I think you know one of the examples that come to mind when I think of that is you know 
Myob and, um, you know, how very quickly they saw that um, Zero was taking market share from them. And uh, rather than try to, you know, reconnect uh, with the way the world has changed, uh, they simply sought to duplicate what they were already doing and push it into the cloud. And we've only now seen years later that they've actually stripped that all back and built it natively for the cloud and are doing quite well now. But it took that recognition that, you know, that you needed to be agile. You couldn't bring the baggage of the past with you. Um, you had to, you know, be able to move quite quickly. And, you know, that caught them out. And I'm sure there are many other examples, particularly in digital disruption, which have seen large companies fall out. I know one that's very close to our hearts in pharmacy is Kodak. We talk about that a yes, lot. Yes, of course, the Kodak moment. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that moment has transformed in itself in that it changed from being a magical moment in someone's life capture on film to to be a moment where the world passed a world-leading company who failed to recognise that the world had changed. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, in, in, and I love that concept you mentioned of agile because if you can't change quickly, then, you know, realistically, you know, every, everything will probably stay very much the same because the effort to bring everything from the past to the future... And and build on that is probably going to be far, far too, uh, I guess, time and resource heavy um, to do it. Um, and, and I guess, you know, when, when, when we talk about purpose and discovering it, um, and one of, the, one of the things that, you know, I've sat with is that often things change in, in our lives. Um, you know, business owners, their aims change from when they may first open their business uh, before they're married, before they have children, they have children, their goals change and it perhaps perhaps their purpose change. So do you find it useful and do you recommend to your clients that they seek to revisit that and, um, and, and look to do that on a, on a periodic basis? I do, but not for the reasons possibly that you mentioned. And I'm going to take a step back and sort of talk about purpose in a slightly different view to explain what I'm going to say. And I'm going to separate values and beliefs. Because to me, they're very, very different. Values connect our heart and our purpose. I don't think it changes at all. I think we are born with it. I think it's the only fixed point in our relative um, world. We need to revisit it, not so much because it may because of a it may or may not change, and I don't believe it will change. But it's really about clarity, because every time you work with your purpose, you get more and more clarity. So we talked about the why question a little bit earlier, and the why question is you can ask, 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 and then you stop. It doesn't mean that six months later and 12 months later you can't ask the why question again. And what can happen, because you have been living or you have been connecting with your purpose and passion for six and 12 months, when you ask it again, you may be able to go deeper and get more clarity on your purpose, your own personal value proposition, the way that you personally can make a difference in the world. So it's important to go back and revisit it, but not because it's changing. It's more a question of clarity. Beliefs, on the other hand, they change all the time. We have different beliefs as children, as, as teenagers, as young, young adults, and midlife. And that is really what we need to probably watch out for because of life events that change our beliefs, that change part of our outlook in life. And when we're getting a gap between our beliefs 
and our values. That is when we're having problems. An example of that could be that we may have a burning desire and a burning passion in our heart to make a difference to other people. But then life sets in. We have a business. We need to make um, ends meet. We have a family, and that is going to take up a certain amount of time. And we have this, and we have this, and we have this. So life becomes a compromise. And this is where sort of a game-changing moment, uh, whether we actually want that compromise in our life or not. Because once we compromise, what we're actually compromising is our ability to be extraordinary. So what I help business leaders with a lot is that they think they have to do all of these kind of things. And I ask them, yes, 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 you, perhaps you have to do all of these things. What do you want to do? Because that want is what connects back to the values. The have to is what connects back to the beliefs. So quite often it's simply just a question of understanding what are my values, what do I feel in my heart I really want to do, what are my beliefs, what are the things in my mind I feel that I have to do, and try to shorten the distance between these two to make them congruent. Because the definite purpose is the strongest. It's when purpose shines in every aspect of our life, when there is no compromise, when everything that we do, say, act, and think is completely authentic to our purpose. That is when magic really starts happening, both in life and in business. Mm, no, I could could not ag- agree more. And, and and finally, yes, but I'd love to know because you see so many new technologies and so forth. You know, what would be the biggest game changer that you know? And, and often businesses change depending on their level of time and resources. But if we threw those away, you know, what would you love to see in pharmacies or even primary healthcare today? Right. So I would like to see if we are set. Setting aside purpose and passion and everything that I've been talking about and assuming we have nailed that 100%, how do we approach that technology to make that happen? Again, the cloud is an absolute blessing because what the cloud does, it takes away all of the effort and the focus that we need to hold in order to simply keep the mechanics of our business going. It removes all of that and allows us to focus on what we should be doing in our business. So anything that is cloud-based, in my view, provides it provides efficiency, provides freedom, it provides independence. It is probably a bit more cost-effective as well, but cloud technologies in general I see as an enormous game changer for business. So if we look at tech, cloud technologies on a more detailed level, of course, customer relationship management, that would have to be one of the most important things for a pharmacist because we're dealing with people. So cloud-based CRM that really fits in with the purpose of the passion of the business, that would be really, really important. Now, we mentioned um, Salesforce, which is more of a larger system. There's an Australian company that's called workingcloud.com, and they are quite active in the pharmaceutical industry. What they do is create a dashboard. So the digital um, dashboard that links into recruitment, it links into CRM, it links into ERP, uh, products, social media, marketing, campaign management, and everything, and provides this overlay, overview or dashboard of the business, what exactly happens, 
so that an owner actually can look at all of the spinning wheels in the business and see how they fit together so they can get a consolidated view of their business in essentially one place. That is a game changer to me because previously in business we have had all these different parts of the business moving at different speeds and we don't really have a clear understanding at any given time what exactly happens in a particular part of the business. Mm. Now we can do that. And that, that's essential. And also, if we're bringing purpose back, if we do something in a business that's not aligned to our purpose, and if we want to be a purpose-led business, we need to know when that kind of misalignment happens immediately so we can rectify it. So cloud-based technologies in general, to me, is a massive game changer. Mm. Oh, I lo- love that one, and, and you know, we, we spoke only recently, even uh, even a couple of weeks ago, around having better clinical decision supports to allow us to make better decisions for our patients based on mm-hmm. their data, their knowledge, and being able to then utilise these decision support tools to be able to translate that into wisdom using our clinical experience as well. Um, and and you know, from what you mentioned there, you know, the other aspect is having better business business decision support and uh, to be able to bring all of those things together you know one of my favorite uh, anecdotes around that is you know using it like building your own lego set in the cloud of all of your different core business systems whether it be accounting crm um, all, all sorts of things payroll hr and being able to connect that all together too often i think you know as most of our listeners will nod their heads we work in silo of all sorts of different systems and uh, to be able to bring it all together requires an extraordinary analytical brain that doesn't exist in pharmacy um so it's something that you know is very very much needed and uh, we need to be embracing but uh you know to get across into that technology we're starting to see some great gains there and um you know we certainly look forward to embracing it it's been fantastic to have you on the shows yes but it's been brilliant um loved every minute of it i know a lot of our listeners who take away a lot from it hopefully have a few emotional and very passionate moments (laughs) themselves and um, i might even recommend that they are ask if they have a, uh, a young child to ask that why question. They probably do that inherently anyway. <laughs> um, That's so. why we learn when we are young. We, we are actually very much on purpose. We, we are born on purpose for the reason, for the very simple reason that we're asking the right questions. And the right question is why. So when we're growing up, when we are a two and a three year old, that we are constantly asking why and why and why, it is simply because we want to understand, it's not only about what works and how it works, it's actually understanding what is the meaning, if that's something that is relevant to me. So sometimes it's, it actually really helps to go back into this two or three year old mode. <laughs> mode of being and asking and simply ask why, why, why. It's very, very relevant skills that we actually lose when we are young. Yeah, well, I guess as, pa- as parents, we do have that luxury of just saying, <laughs> it is because it is, and that's the end of it. <laughs> but, uh, and you that's know. a problem in business because that translates into, well, that is how we did it in the past. Yeah. So it's a really good analogy. So yeah. that's how we handle that situation as a parent. That's a completely different issue, but in business, that why question, it can't just be shut down with, well, you know, this is simply the way we do things. It needs to challenge new ways of thinking. How can we do it better? What can we do better? Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to in, uh, following your journey and inviting you back in the not-too-distant future. Thank you so much, Robert. It has been an absolute, absolute pleasure to be part of this show and connecting with you today. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you, Esper.
Well, as I'm sure you'd agree, we've gone very deep and meaningful here on the Transformation Show this week by getting really to the root of why we even get out of bed in the morning. What is our purpose? What are we passionate about? And it's drawn out some great learnings from our chat with Jesper today. The first one is start with why to discover your purpose. Now, as we alluded to towards the end there, you could even ask your young children to do this for you. And and it might be a good exercise. They quite often are asking us why, 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 and we shut them down and we say, enough, I've got to get on with cooking dinner or whatever it might be. So they're very curious at a young age, and I don't think we lose that, but we need to rediscover that. And uh, ultimately, we need to keep asking that question further, even as we discover our primary purpose to get more clarity over it. So really important, we start with the why, ask the question until we really get to the point of there as well. I'm sure a number of you have asked the question of yourself, why did Rob start the transformation show? Well, it was to share the wealth of knowledge that's out there that's available to us as pharmacy business owners and as pharmacists in our industry to be able to change what's going on around us. There's so much opportunity and there has never been a better time to connect our businesses to it. And realistically, we have to discover what it is that we wanted to do, what it is that's going to make us special. Why did we become a pharmacist in the first place? It's a really big question I ask at the beginning of Transformation, the book, if you have a copy. And I'd encourage you to connect with that sooner than later. It probably only requires a cup of coffee over the weekend to have a think about, but really connecting with that true purpose of why we became pharmacists in the first place. And we've never had a better opportunity and the tools available to be able to bring that dream to fruition. So that's my why of why I want to help you to do that as well. And we're all on this journey together to make it happen. Very deep and meaningful today. I think you'd agree. Number two is connect with your purpose and connect that purpose with your passion to create the extraordinary. As we just spoke about rediscovering why we became a pharmacist, what we wanted to do in our pharmacies when we got into ownership is really a powerful thing. And it may create this unstoppable force of really driving not only why we get out of the morning, but why we continually talking to patients, talking to our healthcare partners, our supply partners to turn that vision into reality and create the extraordinary this episode really builds great, a great foundation below where we discussed already about put, putting culture together with Tristan White and also Roger Simpson in driving a high-performance team. But it all comes back to getting that base set first in terms of really connecting your personal purpose with your business passion. And number three is be agile. Don't build complexity into your business. Don't do things that require unnecessary manual processes or extra people to do it if there is an easier and a simpler and I dare say a cheaper path by partnering with technology. Your competitive advantage in the digital age as Jesper shared with us is not by doing what others can't but actually having speed to be able to change and adopt depending on what new technology is available right now. We often talk about where pharmacy will go in the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years and what's going to be present. We spoke with Debbie Rigby in episode 79 about what the role of a pharmacist will look like once the world has been automated. And ultimately, everything that is non-patient facing will be automated. So how could we adapt our pharmacies to how we're going to involve ourselves with our communities when we're left to 
provide wisdom to them through clinical decision support. We mentioned things like IBM Watson a few weeks ago that's going to be able to filter all the information and present it to us to make those smarter decisions. But from a business point of view, how can we make smarter business decisions by partnering with the right technology? And I dare say that's not about trying to build it all yourself. It's utilizing what's available right now because that may be obsolete in a matter of a year or two. So it's so important that we're doing this now and not we're waiting for something that we we can build and it's ideally unique for us because by that stage, it's not going to be relevant as well. So it's important that we adapt all of the benefits that are available through cloud technology and what's available so that we can really be very quick and nimble in changing our business models and what we're actually presenting to our communities. And that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes from Richard Branson. And the quote is, the brands that will thrive in the coming years are the ones that have a purpose beyond profit. Couldn't have found a more appropriate quote for this particular episode, such a strong message and such a strong need to develop our purpose coming from our guest this week, Jesper Logren. And of course, you'll be able to read more about Richard Branson in the upcoming issue of Transformation Magazine coming out on the 30th of September. If you've loved this week's episode, leave a comment in the show notes. I read and respond to every single one of them, and our guests like Jesper today only too happy to respond individually as well. Next week, we are absolutely blessed with a fantastic guest, the 2015 New South Wales Young Pharmacist of the Year, Catherine Bronger, who's going to share with you her fantastic journey and how she's integrated technology to enable a greater emphasis on professional services in her businesses. I know you'll absolutely love it. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.